Hey guys, and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley, and today we've got a really, really cool episode for you. Um, this is featuring Amir Wilson from his Dark Materials. He's also featured on Lion King uh, and many things on, on Broadway. He's a great, great actor on his way up, and he is, uh, of course, from Shrewsbury. Um, he's done amazing things, starting... Um, get your wiggle on so if you're listening to this and you're a fan of get your wiggle on and uh, this this is the stratosphere of which you can reach uh, and if you don't believe me give amir wilson a quick google right now i'll sit and i'll wait right you, you know, maybe you paused it while i did that but now you've done that you can understand that there is a possibility for you to go out there and make something of yourself from this great town of shrewsbury uh amir is um a friend of the families which i'd never met before um <laughs> so my, my wife is from south america and um, my wife's family has uh, a group of friends that are from different parts of the world and um i'd never met emir and i even though you know i've been doing this for a while and i do approach people on the interweb and be like yo you want to come on my podcast but it added an extra level of kind of hi you've never met me before but you want to come on my podcast you know it was kind of like a weird thing and we were at a wedding I should mention this in the podcast. We are at a wedding and Amir was there and uh, my family were like, go and speak to him. Go and ask him to go on your podcast. I was like, no, that's weird. I can't be like, oh, you want to go? But I did in the end because um, I'd heard that he, he actually fancied coming on the show. So, and uh, he, did, he was really, really cool. Really great to chat to. So thank you, Amir. Um, this is a great interview. Probably one of my favorite I've done of the lot i think over the last five years i think this is a really really good inf uh, inf informative podcast for people that are going into the industry especially for parents as well to know the kind of work that goes into if your child is an up-and-coming actor and you want to know sort of like the work that goes into making that happen this is a great podcast for you and also to to learn about him here and, and his, his journey because it is quite incredible um, so I'll leave you with this podcast. Thank you, Emir, for, for doing this. And we have some very important information for you at the end of this podcast. So make sure you stick around after the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Amir Wilson. Uh, there we go. Welcome to the Shrewsbury oh, wow. Podcast, guys. Um, yeah, so today uh, I'm, I'm I'm meeting with a guy who I've seen loads and loads and loads of times, but only met once, weirdly. Um, I heard loads and loads and loads about because he's a family friend, but only met once. Uh, but you may know him if you're from the Shrewsbury area and you have your ear to the ground. It's Amy Wilson. Hi, how are you? Hello, hello, Alex. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It really is. Um, because like I said... Um, I've been following your exploits and, and, you know, your journey has, has been incredible. Um, and to, to have that journey from Shrewsbury is just something really special, especially for someone like me, who is a, a bit of a champion of the town. I like to talk about the positive things that have happened from this town to this town and about the town, you know? Um, so uh, you're very, very welcome guest on the show. Um, first of all, how are you? You good? Uh, last time yeah, I saw I'm you, we were dancing at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly that was a that was a good day no i'm well thank you um i'm just at home i'm i'm, I'm in london now obviously um i have been for a, f a few year, few years now i'm just um not working i came off a job about four weeks ago four to six weeks ago now i'm just chilling out i've got the rest of the year off i've been seeing family and friends and whatnot obviously this year all my mates are going to university so i've just been like the last couple of weeks i've just been kind of seeing them off i go to manchester on friday actually for a friend's birthday um but now's a now's a good and bad time of the year. Everyone's gone, but it's kind of nice. Everyone's starting a, a new page. So you're not pursuing university, then you're going to stick on the set and do some work. Yeah, I think so. I think so. If um, I was considering going to university, um, I'd want to study like maybe psychology or philosophy or something. But I feel um, yeah, I'm hopefully just going to work, work, work when I can. That's if I that's if I get jobs. But when I'm not working, I manage to occupy myself by climbing cycling or whatnot good to be busy it really is good to be busy and um you know i can reflect on that i've been so busy in my new job <laughs> i haven't been able to do as much biscuit stuff which is <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is yeah. like 
it's really weighs on you, man. When you're a creative guy and you're used to going out to, I mean, we've got the Shropshire Music Awards tomorrow. Liam Tinsley's yeah. going to come and help me uh, co-host that, which is wonderful. Um, Amazing. But like, very few and far between compared to what I used to do. And like, it weighs on you when you're not when you're creative and you're not getting out to go out and do the work, right? So how how did this how did this start for you? And how long have you been doing it, the Biscuit Podcast? Uh, so um, in October, it will be five years old this show um, it started off with i started doing a show called thor's kin podcast it was a cheeky geeky r-rated show where i would um i'd reach out to the people that didn't have billions of friends and didn't, couldn't go, didn't go to parties and stuff a bit like me right so i reached out to people that uh, could be part of a community that we put together and it was really really cool and um, we helped people from all around the world and made friends that i'm still friends with today um but then i moved to shrewsbury I love this town. I've never lived in a place where I felt proud to live. You know, I lived in yeah. Wrexham and Telford and places, um, which are great towns, but emotionally for me, Shrewsbury grabbed me. So well, I, I, I thought there's got to be a million podcasts about Shrewsbury. Yeah, yeah, Such yeah, an interesting yeah. town. And there were yeah, none. Yeah, mad, so. Mad. So, no, Shrewsbury's great. Yeah, it really is. And I want to talk about, so I've written down here, I've got a few a few uh, angles I want to start with this with you. First of all is um, becoming an actor in Shrewsbury. How does one become a young actor in Shrewsbury? What paths did you take and where did you start with it all? Well, I was um, I was about seven. So I went for, uh, those of you who will know, St. Giles Primary School in, um, I'd like to say Monkmore, but it's not Monkmore, is it? And um, but I St. Giles Primary School in Shrewsbury, I went to, and um, I was there throughout my whole primary experience. I left in year six, but whilst I was there, in year three, we had a teaching assistant called um, Miss Davies, who um, was also used to be my babysitter. It was um, um, funny connection. She worked for a drama company or was doing a show with a drama company called Get Your Wiggle On, who you guys will definitely know if you're from Shrewsbury. Um, and at the time, they were um, still kind of, they'd only done a few shows and they weren't as big as um, as they are today, but they were handing out leaflets um, for kids who wanted to play Munchkins in The Wizard of Oz. Um, and like, that was the next show that they were doing. Um, and at the time, I was, um, I uh, gave it to my sister. I kind of like didn't, I kind of put it aside and like, didn't really think about it and then um we went to the edition anyway it was at meal school meal brace um when we got there james um it's run by james and ross who um uh i know shout very, james very and well. ross. yeah of course shout still very very big 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 shout out still close friends of mine um family or family as well um and yeah so james was like oh you should do it and i i did it and i was seven years old and i absolutely loved it and that was my first job that i did with them and I stayed with them for a few years. Um, various shows, The Beauty and the Beast, The Susical, um, a bunch. And uh, I did all their summer workshops as well. Like I, I, It was like, I had a lot of energy as a kid. And I think um, Get Your Wiggle On was a great place for me to put my energy. I was kind of like a loose cannon a little bit. I was here, there and everywhere. Um, I had so much energy to use up. And I think um, they allowed me to utilise it in the, in the best way possible. Um, and when... Yeah, go on. I was gonna say it's really poetic to hear that you are you were like you were edging out onto your journey for of you know becoming a thespian, you know, of the highest caliber, just as Wiggle are getting sort of getting getting going and starting because yeah. both you and and Get Your Wiggle on have grown in significant sizes. Like yeah, Get Your yeah, Wiggle yeah. on now is a huge part of Shrewsbury. They've got two mm-hmm. uh, two venues now. Timmy has been going for a long time. He's done a few shows with them already. Again, like he 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 went and he just blew his little mind. In fact, I saw James. Uh, Timmy came out and ran into me, and James looked at me and he was like, "Timmy's your kid." And I was like, "He goes, that makes a lot of sense, Alex." <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, That's brilliant. So Wizard of Oz. I mean, as a young kid, did do you do you feel like they they kind of embraced you and, and sort of give you the skills that you, you needed to move forward yeah 100% the fundamentals of everything I know to do with acting singing and dancing came from them um, and that's why I mean my first professional job the only experience I had was the experience that they had given me beforehand I went to I was in London visiting our cousins we were in London visiting my cousins my mum my sister and I and my sister had seen there's a magazine 
that um, people who are in the theatre business will know. It's called What's On Stage. It just tells you what's going on, the latest things that are going on in the theatre world. Um, and in there, it had Lion King auditions. Big, big, big front cover. Um, anyone could turn up. You had to be like mixed race or darker. Um, you could turn up. It was an open audition in, um, in Edgware at Sylvia Young School in London, Sylvia Young Theatre School. And I went to that, and there was about 2,000 kids and I walked into that room and it was a process wow. of elimination. And then um, I got down to the final two. And then they uh, they said, oh, so where do you live? And I went, oh, I, went, <laughs> I, went, I live in Shrewsbury. And we'd actually lied on the thing. We'd given my um, cousin's address as the place that we were staying in because you weren't allowed to audition unless you lived within like an hour and a half of London. Oh, uh, no. And so they um they sent me home that day, but they said um we told them that I was moving to London, which wasn't true at the time. We said I'm moving to London. Um, in May, I think this is at the beginning of the year. So they took it and they said, okay, so you can go to our our school, our training school, and it was um every Friday, um at the same place where the editions were held. Um, I'd get the train with my mum, and we'd go to London every Friday and back. Um, I'd leave school early. Um, and we did that for like a good six six months and mind you I still hadn't moved to London at this point um and then finally the new round of auditions came I auditioned and got the part but then we were like okay I have to make the move to London um and luckily um my sister I have two sisters um one's a man who's 23 and I have Moya who's um who's 40 and she's she's um same dad, different mother, but we um she was living in London at the time. Um she's obviously still assisted to me and she has a daughter who's my age, Malika, and they were living in London already. Um so I went and stayed with them, just me, Moya, and Malika. Um, whilst my mum and a man, my a man was finishing school. She went to Belvedere Secondary School. Um and she was um she wanted to finish her school secondary school experience in Shrewsbury. Um so like for like a year and a half, two years, um I lived away from them and they'd come visit on the weekends and I'd go back on the weekends. Um, but that was my life for a bit. Um, and, it, um, and that's how I started out professional acting. That's a lot for a young yeah. guy to every Friday to London. Yeah. And I was back, 10 you know. at the time. Wow. Um, did your, did your sister write your uh, Wikipedia, by the way? Cause it says on it, it's brilliant. I love it. Cause I haven't met him, man. It sounds like it roll off her tongue. He says he has a much, and uh, uh, he has an older assistant. Uh, was it? Oh, do you know what? I thought he says an older, wiser sister. I thought I don't know why I thought he said that, but I thought that was really funny. But yeah, he looked. Yeah, I thought he said as an older, know. wiser sister, a man, and I, I was like, <laughs> it wouldn't be wrong. It wouldn't be wrong if she'd wrote that as well. It definitely would have been her. Um, I don't know who runs Wikipedia, man, because they know some. It's funny actually. My friends did this the other day, um, and there's some information to me about the internet. I definitely haven't given out, so I wonder if um, I wonder if my I wonder if my mum and sister have got a little side hustle going on when they give out pieces of information about me, and I don't know about it. Uh, this it's a it's a really valid point to bring up is when you get onto a huge show like Lion King because when people talk about stage shows, it like Lion King is up there with the top. The whole world was talking about the show for so long, yep. and still are to be honest. Um, what? preparations you have to put in place to like to a make sure you don't like go in the press and say something stupid be hold your head up and, and and also social media is is you know it's a double-edged sword when it comes to things yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bad, right um yeah i mean look is it when i was doing the lion king i mean i um in terms of social media i hadn't really started getting on social media but lion king as itself was um it was quite into the, less on the side of um for me less on the side of like um because obviously I was only ten I did it from like ten till twelve so I feel like there was nothing that I could have done that like would have maybe um tarnished my reputation at that time of course definitely yeah, yeah. at that, that time sense. yeah um but I do feel what I think I did learn from that I was just like the intensity of it I'd never had in my life the training process was like everyday training five, uh, five days a week training like nine to five nine to six um singing, acting and dancing. It's in preparation for the show, not the training school I was doing before when I got the part. And it was that for like six to eight weeks and they chuck you into the show and it's um, four shows a week, two of them you're doing, two of them like you're, st- you're ready on backup. Um, 
And then every other week, you'd miss a Wednesday from school to do a matinee performance. But even that was just like, because the show started like 7.30, Simba and the story grows up, um, as you know. Um, so there's a different actor to play older Simba. So we'd leave at the matinee. We'd leave um, during the interval every night um, and go home because we weren't allowed to stay to do the bows because it would be too late and we had school and whatnot. So I used to be bummed about that. But on the weekends, we got to stay. So that was a blessing. Um, but I did that for about two years. I was, um, at the time, I, I was one of their longest running Simbas um, ever because they do six-month contracts. Um, and I managed, I, I, I did four contracts with them and then I got cut short because I got too tall, which was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I was really bummed about that. <laughs> That must have been really hard for you, like because oh, you're yeah. getting older of like every kid wants to do, but it's just such a big show. Um, what's it like having to do the same show over and over and over again for two years? I mean, um, does it grate on you? Does it become muscle memory? I mean, how's that? It was muscle memory, but also like it does. Um, it does get a bit tiring, honestly. I imagine. Like I think, I think definitely. Um, not a bit. It was tiring like, by the end of it. I think. Um, by the time I came around to leaving, I think it definitely was time to leave. As much I kind of um, enjoyed, just um, I kind of loved the people I was working with just as much as I did the show, which is why it was kind of hard to leave. But like in terms of the actual show, um, like it was, um, I'd done it so so many times, so it was like it almost was my sort of memory. Yeah, I imagine so. And how do you make the leap from going from such a big stage show to to the screen? I because I know it's like it's a different acting method, isn't it? You know, whatever you learned at Lion King wouldn't necessarily translate to the screens. How did you make that? No, process? Not, at all, not at all. Um, my first screen job, um, after I did the Lion King, I didn't have an agent at this point, but I did a, um, I, uh, so I was kind of like, after Lion King, I kind of wasn't working for a bit. I was just going to school by this time, mum and a man had moved up. Um, so we were all kind of in London. Um, and I was just going to school normally, but then, the girl who had done the Lion King with me a few years ago got in contact because, oh, I have an agent. And it was a kids' agency. So I signed with them and I get some some auditions. And it wasn't a big agency and it was only for things like being an extra and whatnot. Um, and so my first ever time on a film set, I was an extra in um, a film called The Kid Who Would Be King, um, which the lead character of that is now my best mate, which is really, really funny. But at the time, we didn't know each other. We're, we're, um, we were, we're the same age, my, me and my friend Louis, um, Louis Circus. We're the same age, but um, we were both like four, 13 at the time. Um, but I was an extra in his film, which is really, really funny. And then we met years later, and then kind of, we laugh about it now. Because I remember wanting to talk to him on set, but he thought he was the big man and wouldn't really give it to me. But now Don't look in my direction! <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that sort of thing. So now now, now I can kind of laugh at him, laugh at him about it. Um, but after doing that, um, that was fine. But I realised that um, I wasn't wanting to be an extra. I, I kind of wanted to take on something more, more challenging. So... Uh, we got into um and then through this same agent managed to book another show called the secret diary of adrian mole which um was the second show i did i've done two shows on the west end and that was the second one um and that was when Again, i was 13 that's, that's yeah 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 they're obviously book, big books i like the diary of wimpy kids from earlier generations sort of yeah. thing. that's the best way to yeah. best way to describe it um I did that, and I met an agent on that job because they, pre- they do press nights and agents and whatnot come to watch. Um, I met my agent, who I'm still with now, David, um, and I'm still with this agency all these years later, um, six, seven years later. Um, but through them, I got my first film job, and that step up was um, as a lead, as a lead in a film. I mean, and that step up, it was a film called The Secret Garden. Um, first film I landed, and it was with Colin Firth and Julie Walters. And at the time, I was like, this is absolutely mad. Um, but that step up, it was tough, man, because um, on stage, um, everything... Well, there's two main differences for me. On stage, firstly, because you're trying to play it out to everyone in the audience, everything's kind of big and over the top, um, as it would be, because you're trying to get the person... You want the person in front of you to see it and the person who's at the very, very back of the circle to see it. So... Um, Everything can come, not all, not in all cases, but in most cases, be more showy and big. Um, and when you're on, when you're filming, the camera's right here, so it's more intimate, and that you don't need to do as much, and less is more when you're on a film camera. Um, so that was the first thing I had to 
I had to realise. And the second one, go on. No, I was going to say it's a case because I've worked, I've interviewed actors from all over the world for the last few years and been on sets and things. And I know how stressful it can be when you walk onto a set and they're just like, go on then. Like, yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. supposed to walk on set and just crack on with it, know your lines and yeah. get on with it. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. Must be yeah, it was. And the long lines as well. I mean, thing about theatre, which um, it's a blessing I did theatre first because with theatre, there's no room for error. And I know by that, um, there's no room for error. Like, everything you do is to a live audience. And like, if you mess up, you mess up, and that's it. On set, you can get away with it more because if you mess up, it's like, oh, can we do another take, please? Let's just go again. Um, they're also doing it from different angles, so this one will work better than this one. And most of the film, I feel, is made in the editing room. And what you can do on set can be really different to how it's going to turn out because um, yeah. of various different reasons. So learning that transition was also um, was also interesting for me. Yeah, and TV works different to film as well. I mean, film's got to yeah. be perfection i'm a big fan of rob mcelhenney and always sunny in philadelphia anybody that creates in anything that's independent that goes on mm-hmm. to be a success like kevin smith is one of my heroes as well yeah, yeah, you know, these yeah. these are people that take pennies and turn them into pounds you know and it's with pure quality writing and production if you can make something special out of a you know lighting that's held up on a broomstick for the first go i think it's i think it's really really good yeah, yeah. Um, i like i like sunny in philadelphia they, they just dropped a new season actually they have, yeah. It's yeah, really, really I good. Seen, I, I haven't seen it yet. I love the podcast because the podcast kind of points out the points where, where you can see like Charlie's head, like doing something like this. He's like, yeah, you were you were yourself laughing yeah, at that. Yeah, that yeah. I, know, I, know, I know a lot of that show's improv. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, that's a good show, man. Yeah. Would you ever do a sitcom or or a soap or something like that? I I would a sitcom. Um, the idea of it is kind of cool. I do definitely want to delve into like the comedy world, but I think like. I think that's not even like at my caliber yet. I think to be to do comedy and to be good at comedy is like such a gift. I think comedy is as often said as the hardest bit of acting because like you can fake most things, but you can't really fake being funny. Like you, that kind yeah. of has to that's that kind of has to to roll off. Um, and in those situations when you're playing a character that has to be funny, like you have to be good at it, and you have to be sharp with it. And I'm not saying I'm not, but I'm saying right now I feel like that would be a challenge, definitely, most definitely. I don't think I could just jump into a sitcom and be able to do a good job. Um, those people are really, really good at what they do. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a different thing, but if, it feels like you're. I mean, TV, big TV, um, like his his Dark Materials, which which of course people most people will know you from. Um, that is like the expectation on that is just so much different to like, I imagine a sitcom because you talk about lost house, um, game of Thrones, Sopranos, these kind of box set caliber, you know, things like I think his dark materials fits into that category. Um, so when you, when you first, I don't know, how do you approach something like that? Because is the expectation there from the beginning or does it build up? definitely, Definitely. I mean, um, his Dark Materials was uh, was a mad one. I'd had a busy year the year I started His Dark Materials. And um, I remember jumping into it. I'd just done a job with, like, I did a family show, like a family and kids show. I know, like, His Dark Materials is family and kids, but this was, like, definitely, like, a proper family and kids show mm. called The Letter for the King with Netflix. Um, and that hadn't come out yet. But, like, the day I finished, I'd done eight months on that, seven, seven months on that. And I was shooting in New Zealand and the Czech Republic. And then I had one week off and I went straight into His Dark Materials. And that was lasted for about another seven months. Um, so that time of my life was was mad. I remember when I got His Dark Materials, a week later, the, the season one trailer just dropped. And I'm in season one, but my part of season one was shot a year and a half after they'd shot their part in season one because my bit's a bit separate. So what they'd done is they had filmed season one. My cat, there's three books and my character's in two of the books. Um, he's in the last two, but he's not in the first book. But they decided, because they wanted a bit of backstory, they added it into the first season, but that was like a, a late decision. So they'd made the whole show and then decided like a year later that they actually wanted my character's backstory in it. So we shot, a month before shooting season two, we actually shot all of my stuff from season one, which was about a month shoot. And then they just put it into the edit and then released it like two months later, which is mad. Whilst we were filming season season two, um, 
and that was just mad. I remember seeing the trailer, and you know, James McAvoy, Ruth Wilson, um, all these big ways. Daphne Keane, who was obviously was already really well established by the time I'd started working with her. Um, you know, I know who's obviously an absolute brilliant, brilliant actor. Um, it was like this is this is mad. This is big scale. I don't know if I'm I'm ready for this and the scale of it. I mean, it's obviously it's an HBO production. Yeah. Um, and HBO have done as you named a few of them before, but some really, really good quality stuff. I was, um, it's a lot to take on, man. And I was like, I was like 14, 15. Um, and I considered if I was like even ready for this. Um, and of course you just got to go ahead and do it. Like that's the, the approach you've got to have. Um, the turnout was really, really good. And I'm so grateful for that job. Yeah. Is that a moment where you, I mean, what, as a, on the scale of like Lion King to here, where you are now, where's the moment where you realize, Oh, I've done it. Like oh, that's a very that's a really really good question, you know. I um, well, it's weird. I want to say like some red carpet moment because all my shows came out in the year of COVID. I didn't have any red carpet experiences. How so sad I would is do, that? I know I was meant to, I was like meant to do Comic Con New York and stuff and Comic Con San Diego, but I just had to do it on a Zoom like this on like a video call. So that kind I was did it literally where I'm sat now is where I did Comic Con. Brazil, Comic Con, New York, and whatnot. Um, so that was a that was a bummer. Obviously, the third season came out just over a year ago now. When that came around, um, obviously we had a big premiere. But I got to go to New York. I did Comic Con New York with James McAvoy, me and him, and two producers, um, which was like a, a mad mad turnout. And there was um, a thousand people turned up to watch our press our press interview. It was um, it was mad. But I mean. Um, yeah, I remember the first time I went to LA was like a crazy, crazy time, and that was just before COVID, twenty twenty. That? Um, that was that must have been like a was uh, was, there, was any of that that was kind of like an eye roller for you, or were you kind of expecting to see? Because I've heard from a lot of a lot of people I've interviewed over the years, you've you've either got like LA go work, come home, or you get to see the few LA experience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I don't know if the LA lifestyle caters for me. I don't feel. I don't think yeah. that's for me. Um, just for being there. But it's, even going there is just mad. It's like I understand why people love it. It's it's hot. It's by the beach. It's sunny all year round almost. Um, it's like it's a, it's an ideal place to be in terms of how it looks and stuff. But I mean, it's just like everything's just so industry based. And as much as I love this industry, I couldn't. I couldn't want to like live in it. If you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But I remember I went to like my first like Hollywood party when I was in LA, and like I met like Michael B. Jordan, who's obviously um a big actor now. He's, he plays the villain in Black Panther, Legend. and he's yeah. pretty yeah yeah yeah. And I met him, and I was I thought he'd be taller actually, which is funny. Um, <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> but um, I was just like this is just like a it's just such a surreal experience. Like I never he had told me when I was doing the Lion King or after the Lion King, this is where you'd be in a couple of years. It would be like mad but i'm all i'm 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 constantly constantly grateful for where i'm at and even when i'm like not working it's like um i'm grateful just a bit of to have done what i've done and i'd be in this position let's say my acting career stopped now i would almost just be satisfied just because i managed to do it from harder circumstances than most other people yeah yeah of course of course from uh quite a little town in shrewsbury as well yeah exactly um We've interviewed, um, I don't know if you know, Luke, young director Luke Allen from here. He's um, done great things so far. He's, he's on a great trajectory. Um, but he very, he, like, he stepped away from film college um, to co- pursue his own career on set because he was, we did an interview a few weeks ago when he was saying, like, the amount he's learned on set is triple the amount he would have learned in college. Um, yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. we were talking just before at the beginning of the podcast, you're saying you're not going to university or whatever. Do you feel like the more you go on to set, the more you do, the better the education actually is for you? One billion percent, man. I went to, after after secondary school, I went to film school, which is a lot of people don't know this. I went to film school to study cameras. I um I find myself also interested, which we could talk about after, but I find myself interested in what goes on behind the camera as well. Um, so the idea of like directing or like shooting something is like definitely something I want to take up um, and writing as well but it's always easier said than done um, but I went to film school and I did the first year um, when I was 16 and then it came around to doing the second year and the beginning of the second year I had to start filming his dark material season three 
but like, I had known in my contract that I was going to be filming this show from like a year onwards. So I told the school about it, and the head teacher was like, "Yeah, it's fine. When it comes around to it, like we'll support you." Blah blah blah. When it came around to doing it, and then they actually kicked me out of the school, which was kind of <laughs> annoying. Um, yeah, really, really like considering it was a film school as well, and like people on my end at work end were like, because I studied in cameras, like they were offering like camera crews and the producers were like look if there's anything you want Amir to learn directly how to set up this how to do this setup how to put this light there we can teach them it here and kind of allow it to kind of verify it um because there's no better place to learn than set but they still wouldn't have it which is unfortunate but of course I learned more than I am going on to the main topic is I I would I learned more on a set than I ever ever would which I think is just logical in those things um and I think in most creative um industries being like doing it practically is way better than studying it and absolutely I think, I think most people agree <clears throat> yeah yeah i feel like i don't know I, I, when it comes to doing this with the microphone with what we've been doing with the biscuit with you suck the other stuff that i've done before i feel like the education that we've had has been phenomenal i mean i've been everywhere with what i've done and yeah. i can't imagine what you'd learn that in a, in a textbook <laughs> and also it also when you try to teach everyone the same thing it also teaches everyone to be the same sort of thing when you have everyone doing the same thing um so i think you can definitely like hinder people's spark that they have you know because not everyone has the same approach towards this stuff it's like how um and anything like how i approach role will be different to how my friends approach to role how any of that's approach role and same as any sort of other creative industry it's the same thing everyone's going to have a different approach in a different way that makes makes sense for them that's why i think uh, there are so many like writers and directors and even actors that will that that when they show their true personality and there's something unique about them that's when they become you know you can talk about the tarantinos and the ryan johnsons and the you know the uh, yeah, there are people out there that are absolutely shine when it comes to what they do um yeah. what i wanted to talk about was um is the, is the way you sort of hold yourself and i recognize that, that at the wedding lots of people come into you, the wedding that we went to by the way uh that's how we <laughs> sorry Jeff. uh lots of people come to you like i'm here i haven't seen you in years oh my god what you've been doing you hold yourself in such a professional and kind manner i was actually really really impressed with that and that was really yeah. nice thing about you um Thank but you. i can't imagine it's been easy because like i explained right from the offset we'd only met that first time but i knew so much about you because of the internet because of movies yep. but um How's the transition been for me from child actor to sort of adult actor? Because it's it can't have been easy for you. And I know you don't know any different, but I mean, you guess yeah, you can speak course. to family and you can speak to friends. Like, how have yeah, you dealt definitely, with that? Definitely, definitely. That's a good question. I mean, um, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, I mean, it's not too different for me. I feel like the people in my life as such haven't changed. Like, my mates that I cared when I came to London in year seven are still my mates now. So in terms of, like, my group of people, I think for me what's been like the best thing is having the same group of people and good people around me, people who were with me before I was doing all this and are still with me now. Um, that's really important to me, my family, my family and friends. Um, I mean, it's only like, I mean, one thing is that when you're after 16 in the film industry, you don't need a chaperone. So my mum, previous to, prior to being 16, my mum comes with me everywhere. Um, and I need a chaperone and a chaperone called Nisha who chaperoned me in The Lion King actually shout out to Nisha um, she chaperoned me in The Lion King and then left The Lion King but she started her own chaperoning business and then chaperoned me when I was a bit older as well on a, on a few jobs um, but when you're 16 after you're 16 you don't need a chaperone um, so like adult hours was a hard thing for me you go from under the age of 16 only allowed five hours in front of a camera and that includes just like practicing shots and like setting up rehearsals and whatnot. Five hours and someone times it and stuff. It's very, really serious. And like, if you go over, there can be legal action. Um, wow. Not if I go over, but if the directors or whatever go over and producers, there can be legal action. Um, once you're 16, they throw all that out the window and I was, you know, longer hours on set and you can be like door to door. It could be up to like 14 hours of working, um, which is like, which is a lot, which is, um, a bigger, bigger, big amount. Um, so that was a big, big step up. Um, but also, I mean, in terms of like getting recognised and stuff, I mean, it happens, and it's still like it still almost is a shock to me every time. It's like because I'm just a mirror to myself, and to my friends, I'm just a mirror. And then we're, if we're out and about, um, 
someone someone else. I mean it's it's always a nice feeling when someone likes what you do. I get recognized at the climbing gym a lot. I rock climb a lot and um my local climbing gym um there's a lot of uh a lot of like mums and dads, middle-aged mums and dads who recognise me because the demographic of his dark materials is um like an older older population. I think for for the most part, in terms of the books, um I know the show was opened up to like a younger audience, yeah. definitely. Um, but the people who originally read the books are kind of a bit older. Um, so it is older people who recognise me, and only in certain areas of London I get recognised. Um, but yeah, it's still different. Uh, Can you walk around Shrewsbury, okay? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I have to I sprint through the Darwin shopping center to, to hide. I um, no, it's um, it's um, no, it's Shrewsbury, not too much. I mean, most people recognize me in Shrewsbury. The thing about Shrewsbury, I say this every time, I could go to Shrewsbury on a random day, walk through town, and I would see someone I know, like most definitely. Like, there's uh, the chance of me seeing I know are very, 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 very high. Um, which is, which is always a good thing, because obviously Shrewsbury, um, everyone almost knows everyone in Shrewsbury, which is really, really nice. Um, and I'm yeah. glad I still, have, I still have my friends in Shrewsbury. Um, yeah. I'm still tight with when I was younger. And what I want to ask you as well, I think it's really, really important. I don't think it gets talked about enough. And that's, uh, that's, that's culture. Um, obviously, um, we know each other from family friends, my wife being Colombian, uh, your mom being from, uh, Sudanese. And, you know, there's lots of, in my wife, I've got to explain this to the listeners. In my wife's family and friends, there are people from all around the world, and they all gather at one house. I won't mention the house, and they all they all enjoy each other's company. Do you feel like with the culture around you? Do you feel, and you know, going into Lion King as well, and working with so many rich, amazing cultures? Do you feel like that's been an amazing benefit towards you and the and your um, career going forward? One billion percent. I say this a lot. I mean, um, Shrewsbury is a uh... As, as you know, it's like a predominantly white area. Um, white, as a, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and it, um, which obviously, obviously makes sense. It's in the West Midlands. It's a small town. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that, and that's uh, that's how it. That's natural way for it to be. But obviously, there is um, there's a Sudanese community in Shrewsbury, a small Sudanese community in Shrewsbury. Obviously, Colombian, and we've um, of course, I've known your wife's family for years now since I was born. She was um, like, last time I saw him, he was this high. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um like you guys are you guys are basically family. Um but it's like um it is it was a big big it was um not that I ever felt different in Shrewsbury. I always say I'd never actually felt different in Shrewsbury in terms of that. But when going to Shrew um, going to London doing the Lion King, you're surrounded by people from all over the world. And I think that was actually really, really nice for me to be like um not that I was ever made to feel aware that um, I was like darker skinned or like curlier hair than most other kids in my class. I always used to have long hair as a kid. Going to look, going to London doing the Lion King, like everyone was darker skinned and had curly hair, and um, it was kind of um, that felt really homely to me. So I think having that experience um, was really really good. And of course, London's just um, cultured as ever, as you know. Um, it's got people from everywhere. Yeah, I think I think times are changing. I'm noticing a lot more diverse communities in Shrewsbury, which is really, really. So good do I. So do yeah. I. So do I, man. Even when I go, it's yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, and you know, it, I think it it's a it's testament to to you know right from the very start of your career. I mean, one of the first major jobs you land is Lion King. I mean, yeah. come on, that is like. Yeah right where it needs to be for for culture and the, the rich heritage there um i mean i, I get my, my hairs up on the back of my neck thinking about it because it's um it's a very important role to have in yeah. you know in, in the world of acting and stuff um what are you working on now you say you've got a, a break is that is that like um is that because uh, maybe you're looking for the right job or i mean are you taking it yeah. stressful i mean yeah, I mean, work work is definitely when I do work, it's very very intense. I'd come off a job in Rome, and um, that was um, one of the first jobs that I'd done since like being eighteen. Um, I went away by myself and whatnot. I was in Rome and Corfu for um for ten weeks altogether, um, and that was fun. That was a job. It takes it out of you, man. Like the days on the set. Um, mm. This one was a more. It's like a medieval job. Um, it's quite intense filming a lot of the time and the Italians, um, their, their productions, uh, can be, um, so it's kind of hectic cause like they'll text you late at night and be like, Oh, your pickups, 
six in the morning, but it will be kind of late at night, and it's like, oh, that's uh, I need I need to be warned in advance what time I'm being picked up in the morning. Um, can't warn me five hours before, six hours before. Um, we'll be there but, in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It got quite got kind of hectic at times. Um, did that, and that ended about four weeks ago. And I actually um, I actually just turned down a job, actually, which I I'll, I'll talk about only because um, I think. I'm not going to go into the details of what the job was and whatnot, but I um, there's obviously like um, I think what you say yes to in your in your in your career is also as important as what you say no to, um, and I think saying no sometimes can be important. It's easy just to do a job because it's a job and it might you know bring money or something, but I want to um try and um do jobs that I'm passionate about. I think that's really really important to me, and I don't want to do a job just to do a job and just uh like past the time and whatnot. So um, recently I said no to a job and that was actually really important for me. That was kind of a big milestone for me because I feel like a few years ago I wouldn't have done that. I would have been like, you know, I'll do this job just for the sake of doing the job. But now I want to try and um, um, make sure what I do, I, like, I definitely want to do. And I feel like, yeah, exactly. And I feel, and I feel attached to yeah. it. The job I'm doing in January, so I've got this year off so far and that's, the strikes have descended. There's been writer strikes and actor strikes, but they just... Oh, yeah, that's agreement. a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the strikes have ended. So things have been quiet naturally in terms of auditions for the last few months, but that's just ended. So things naturally just pick up again. I'm doing a job in January called Free, and it's like a independent film um, by the BFI, the British Film Institute in London. And it's um, it's called Free, and it's about a father and a son. And the dad comes out of prison. Um, I play the son. The dad comes out of prison. And they meet up for like the first time they've never met before. And they start, it's a very rough, it's obviously goes into a lot more detail than this. Um, they, um, ultimately they start selling drugs together on the street. Um, as you do. And that's, as you do, as you do, as, you do, as a, uh, typical, um, <laughs> and it's that story. It's that father son story kind of coming of age thing for my character. Um, but this is, I've done a lot of fantasy stuff. Everything I've done is like, is that material is all fantasy and magical um, Left for the King is um, medieval fantasy. Um, the Secret Garden is like magical. Um, I've done a lot of that sort of genre, and I look now to do more real, real, more emotional drama stuff um, if I can. If I, I want to try and do that, you know, it's like I'm not gonna, it's not gonna be that picky about it. But I mean, I'm happy I'm doing this because it's different. If you could be like, it leads me on to a really interesting question because sometimes typecasting can be a great thing, especially when it comes to things like Jim Carrey. He was typecast yeah. as the the bumbling idiot for a bit, and then he did some some drama stuff, and that wasn't too bad. But they were it ultimately he went back to bumbling idiot, which I love Jim Carrey for, by the way. Yeah, he's a great yeah. tool for that. If you could be typecast as a certain type of character, what would it be? It's a very very good question. I love, um, I'm not sure if you can be typecast as this, but I love crime films. I love like crime and psychological, like, like, your, like your adulthood but, and your adulthoods and stuff. Yeah, yeah, crime films, but also like crime detective films. Ah, like, okay. Uh, like detective sort of like the Sevens and like the, um, the Zodiacs and like the Prisoners sort mm. of films. Uh, like David Fincher, I love as a director and all this, that kind of genre of work he does. You know, he did like Fight Club, um, Zodiac, Seven, um, that's just the name of you. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Those like psychological thrillers. I love those films. Um, mm. I also like just. Um, I also like action films, just for the sake of like. It's not like over the top Hollywood action, but like gritty action films and like old school stuff. Like I watched Apocalypse Now more recently, um, which is a yeah. film by Francis called F- Ford Coppola. who did the Godfather films, um, but it's about the Vietnam War. And like, there's always it's a story. Really dark, our film, doesn't it? Yeah, really exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, speaking of typecast, that stuff. Because going back to what I was saying about saying no to stuff. Um, you know, actor Matthew McConaughey. Um, he's in like yeah. Interstellar. He's the Dallas Buyers Club and stuff. A brilliant, brilliant actor. He's in True Detective. He did really, really good performance in that. He was uh, he was typecast as like a rom com guy. He's like a good looking guy, and all his films are like rom coms, and he's always playing like the yeah. love interest. And then there came a point where he's like, I'm not doing another rom-com. And I think a studio offered him like 80 million to do a film. They started out like lower. Um, 
at like 10 mil, which isn't low at all, just, just to put it out there. They started yeah. like that, and he was like, I'm not doing it. And the money kept getting higher and higher. And I got to one point, and he was like, there was a point where the money got to a point where I, I could have taken it, but he decided not to. Um, and then after that, he did, I don't know what his, I don't know what the first job he did that kind of switched up his career path. Was it the um, one with Jared, Jared Leto? Was it the... Um... Yeah, Dallas Buyers Club, Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. And he got the, he got the Oscar for that. But like, um, it just goes to show that, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant film. It just turns to show that like saying no can be important. Um, and um, those sort of decisions do matter, you know. What do you pay attention to a lot of what goes on in like actors' careers? Like I just mentioned Jared Leto, which by the way, Jared Leto is a fantastic actor. There are films yeah, he's he done is. that are just he incredible. Is. But obviously the stuff he did with DC, um, he's done a couple of things. Uh, there was uh, Morbius as Morbius, well. Morbius, very, yeah, 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 it's yeah. a slump at the moment. And like to see someone like Jared Leto come out of that, or you, you may have looked in the past at someone like Robin Williams, for example, when he was in a slump, he found his way climbing out. Like, do you ever look at these things and find inspiration from him? I do. Yeah. But I also, um, I do a hundred percent. I also feel that like, um, uh, I feel like every, every actor in their life for the most part, I don't think there's an actor out there that hasn't done a bad film at one point. Um, <laughs> And like that's absolutely that's uh, natural. I could say I would say I've done a bad film. I won't say not for the sake of um keep my connections. But I would say I've done a bad like I've I've done a bad job before. Um, a job that maybe I wasn't happy with. Bad. Are you super year, critical and, uh, of yourself? Are you super critical of your? Films? I I um I guess yes and no. I try not to watch what I do really. Like I haven't seen his dark materials in its full form. I've watched wow. like the first two. I've um. I've watched like the first two episodes and then I haven't really delved into it unless like I do an ADR um, additional dialogue recording where I have to go in and like do voiceover for myself. But that's just like imitating myself at sort of thing. I try not to, I am kind of critical of myself, but not, not only that, it's also like that's eight episodes, eight hours of TV. I don't want to watch eight hours of TV or something that I had, I lived through for eight months, you know? Um, it's kind yeah. of it'll take away the magic for me and like oh realistically i'm not going to enjoy the show i'm just going to be thinking oh maybe i wish i'd done that now i've done that but i also do think it's important to watch yourself i don't like definitely not watch myself but like i don't go out my way to watch myself and i'm not uh, I, I'm, I get that because i've done youtube stuff i've put on youtube and gone right it lives there now i'm not looking at that again yeah. and i'm genuinely like at some parts i cringe and like yeah. I, I but i do find it a little bit odd like not, not odd but i think my little brain finds it hard to comprehend sometimes like charlie adlard for example co-creator of the walking dead comic book but I asked him about the TV show. Have you ever watched a TV show? He's like, nah, not really. And I'm like, wow. Why not? I know the two separate entities, but you are the co-creator of The Walking Dead. Why yeah, are you yeah, not yeah, all yeah. up in that? Like, you know, yeah, that's crazy. That's no, I didn't know that. That's mad. But all going back to what you were saying was the first question about actors' careers. Um, right. <laughs> I do. And I do like to see, um, I do like to see, um, I do kind of keep track of like the actors. I like, I like Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor. I think he's quality. Um, I like a lot of the films he's done. Um, I feel like uh, every actor in their life would do a bad film, but it's just important like not to be bad in them, I guess, and try not to be bad in them. Um, and also, um, yeah, that just happens. That's just the way it is. Ultimately, it's work. So that going back to Always Sunny, Danny DeVito, he's done some awful films, awful films in his yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just sat there plugging away, Always Sunny. He was in Dumbo. He's done amazing things. Like, But he had, he had a slump as well where he was making terrible films. And Ryan Reynolds yeah. as well. He went through this terrible phase of making awful films, and then he became Deadpool. It does happen where they climb out, and it's kind of inspiring to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. Um, well, I'm here like, watching a meeting you was 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 a pleasure but actually watching what you're what you're up to and and the the, the work you you're doing at the time is is it's been a pleasure it really has yeah. and you know i'm glad we finally collect connected uh, to tell the listeners at home to be brutally honest my family my wife jaime my my brother-in-law everybody was like go and ask him to come on the show I was like, i'm not gonna approach i'm <laughs> at a wedding do you want to be on my podcast? I'm, I'm glad I did. Really, I'm. I'm sorry to I'm, put you through that. No, mate. I'm. I'm glad you did as well. I'm really. I'm really. Really happy I did this. Thank you. Um, for even considering me to do this and and for taking yeah. the time to speak to me. It means a lot to me, man. Um, if people are, are listening to this now and don't follow you on social media or they're not up to date with what you're doing, how can they follow what you're doing, Amir? Um, 
on my social media handle. What is my social media handle? I think it's Amir Wilson underscore. That's where, that's where you'll find me on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. Um, I deactivated Twitter just because I'm, I wasn't a fan of it and I'm trying to use social media, trying to use social media less. Um, but um, yeah, to anyone listening, um, if you if I'm, if you ever see me in Shrewsbury, please don't feel afraid to come say hello. Um, I don't bite. I might like spit and growl, but I don't bite. Um, I yes, it's thank you, Alex, again for having me having me oh, on. Um, I, I, when I come down to Shrewsbury, come up to Shrewsbury next. We'll we'll meet up for a drink or something. That's family, be great. great. Um, just to confirm, the the Instagram is Amir Wilson underscore. Look for the blue Amir tick. Wilson. I mean, it doesn't mean anything on Twitter, <laughs> on Instagram for the time being. It does, but Amir, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Don't stick around. I'll, I'll press and record. And we'll we'll say goodbye properly. But um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, my friend. And we'll have to do this again sometime, especially when you pick up a job and you want to get some press on it. That you know, come to the biscuit for an exclusive. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> have a great day. Thank you. You too, mate. So there we go. Amir Wilson. What a great guest. Uh, thank you so much, Amir, for giving us some of your time. We covered quite a bit there. Like I said, at the front there of this podcast, that, this is one of my favorites because um, it offers so much information from different levels of, of acting from, you know, right from the beginning as a child actor, as an adult actor, how it all changes. It's very, very good. So thank you, Amir. Um, Okay, so some very important information. If you follow us on social media, you'll have seen that Pod Aid isn't happening this year. Um, you know, things are changing in my life at the moment. I don't have the time that I used to have to be able to organise, plan things, even edit shows. You know, it's becoming uh, it's becoming quite difficult to fit it all in. Uh, so Pod Aid isn't going uh, ahead, so apologies for that. Apologies to, to Lingan Davis. Huge thank you to Reach and to Shrop Dark as well who put a lot of time into this. Uh, we will be back next year with it when, because now I have a good chunk of time to actually sit and organise it. Um, and also the the Shoes of Biscuit, we have one more episode left, um, which is our episode I mentioned it in this one, which is the uh, Shropshire Music Awards. Uh, we got that one left, and then we're going to take a four week break. Now, I don't want you to worry. The Shoes of Biscuit is not going anywhere. I'm not cancelling the show. I'm not killing it. I am reorganising, re-strategising and reimagining the Shrewsbury Biscuit, okay? So we have a brand new website. I've seen it. It looks amazing. We've got new logos, got new music. We may bring a co-host in. Um, and, you know, everything's going to look and feel a little bit more, a bit more, um, a bit more refined, I think. But one of the most important things is I'm going to start recording in 10 episode seasons. Um, so that means we can batch record episodes. We can have a day where we can record two or three, maybe. I don't know. It just makes it easier for me to, to be able to fit everything into my life. And uh, the, the, the Shoes with Biscuit can actually prosper then. So if you uh, if you like the Shoes of Biscuit, if you want to get involved in some way, you know, um, whether you want to do a bit of art for us or you've got a bit of music you want us to use, um, if you'd like to have a, a, a good, you know, try a bit of editing, producing maybe, um, please get in touch because we're after as much help as we can get. This show means an awful lot to me and I feel like there's so much potential there even now. Um, even during this transition. So uh, get in touch. Uh, you can find us on all kinds of social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on, or X, as it's called. We're on, um, we're on uh, TikTok. And we're on Threads, too. So give us a find. Uh, give us a follow. That means an awful lot to us, by the way. And then get in touch if you want to get involved with The Biscuit. Right, I'm going to leave you guys. Um, we have one more episode next week. Then we got our break. But for now... I'll leave you. Thank you very much, Amir. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.